0: What's up, man? How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm chilling, bro. I'm chilling. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time, man. Absolutely, no. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. How, how, how have you been?
1: I've been doing good. I've been doing good. Crazy, crazy business afoot, but I've been doing good.
0: Yeah. So let's go, bro. Let's get it. Yeah, no, man. We're, <laughs> we're hyped. We're hyped to have you, man. So this is uh, this is dope. Awesome! Thank you very much. This is great. I'm excited. Yeah. No. So I mean, t- t- tell us how you've been. I mean, you know, you have you have the Twitch channel. I'll get get to that a little bit later. But I mean, t- I mean, tell us tell us what you've been up to lately. I mean, man, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh,
1: in Hollywood, the whole COVID everything, it, it's one of those situations where it kind of showed that everyone in Hollywood is not immune to what happens in the world. Right, And when Hollywood got shut down, it was one of those things where I, I knew when I left the show, I wanted to only do work that I was passionate about. Right, I wanted to be able to do things that I could enjoy, have fun with, get creative with. And I knew I wanted to build my production company. And so right at the tail end of last year, I started getting into Twitch because watching Twitch, watching YouTube, streamers, all that stuff, that was one of my pastimes on set. You know, when you get ten minutes in between shots or scenes or whatever, you kind of want to just shut your brain off and do something fun, right? So that's what I would do. And I got into it, and man, I'll tell you, that was probably one of the best decisions I've made business-wise because it ended up that with COVID, everyone's at home, and what are they doing? They're online and they're chilling. They're doing what they they're doing whatever they can. So um, that ended up being a huge blessing for me. And then besides that, mom and I, we have our property here at my mom's house. And man, she's just been on fire with her hobbies, like what she what she's passionate about, our animals, our garden, uh, things like that. And I get to help her and she helps me with my production company. She's like my little director of photography, my photographer, everything. So it's pretty good. You know, it's good stuff.
0: yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. I mean, good for you. I mean, you just said it. I mean, now's the perfect time to, to start that kind of stuff. I mean, the, for the, sure. op- the opportunities digitally, they're, they're they're limitless, right? I mean, there's nothing Absolutely. else do, right? Um, Absolutely. But uh, I'm curious, man. I mean, you know, The Middle and, and all the other shows you've been in, one, personally, one of my favorites, bro. Um, but I'm just curious, man. Like, how did you get into acting in... in What, what kind of things influenced you to go in that direction? For sure. You know, it's actually funny because it's one of the things in
1: my life that literally I fell into, uh, there was no pre-planning mom didn't birth me and was like, he's going to be an actor. No, it was, uh, it was totally, um, uh, I always say it was a God led thing because that's the only way to describe it. You know, um, I was an above-age reader. Uh, I loved to read with my mom out loud. We'd do little character voices and storybooks and stuff like that, and we'd have fun. We'd reenact things or act out things, and it was just something that was enjoyable for us both. And um, when I was six, I became the poster child for my hospital, so I would have to go to banquets, make speeches, tell my story. Um, I never got stage fright, I was perfectly fine with talking with a bunch of different types of people of all ages, and I mean, I I was writing my own speeches too, and uh, so at my end of, of my year of being the poster child for my hospital, my mom turned to a family member as she was watching me give a halftime speech at a charity football game, and she said, there's got to be something more to it than this, right? And so as time went on, we found the information for a, a manager in the entertainment industry. And um, mom was like, you know, Atticus has a cute voice. He could be like a, a cartoon character, a book on tape reader. Maybe there's something to it. You know what I mean? Maybe, that, maybe we can figure out something with this. So we went, met with the manager, and the manager's like, you know, I want to... Uh, I want to um, sign you on for theatrical, live, you know, on-camera work, not just voiceover. We were like, okay, so we thought about it, prayed about it, and we're like, let's let's take an adventure, see what happens. And a month after we signed on, uh, the manager's assistant accidentally sent me on an audition for a guest role for a CBS show called The Class, and I booked it my very first director was James Burroughs and I got the privilege of having the very first actor I work with be Jason Ritter. And that was just an amazing experience for me that made me get the bug. And then from that point on, you
0: know, it all just snowballed from there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. That's legendary, bro. Um, <laughs> another, another thing I saw is uh, the scene in Hancock, right? With, with Will yes. Smith, right? That was I mean, tell yes. us about that, man, because that's pretty cool, right? I mean, young age, you're in the same Absolutely. film as, as Will Smith. Uh, take us through that that moment as well. That
1: was such an amazing experience because, hands down, Peter Berg is one of the best directors I've ever worked with. Um, I originally auditioned for that movie for the, the, the other role of the boy who's part of the family with, um, oh, what's his name? Jason Bateman is that his name his son I originally auditioned for that role and after after doing a couple of auditions and callbacks for that role uh, Peter Berg actually wanted to meet with me and so there's little me going into his office at Sony and I'm like wow this is big (laughs) you know there's mom with me and she's like this is big we're here at Sony this is nuts so anyway after speaking with him he was like Uh, dude, I love you, but I'm just a little bit scared of the, of the physicality of this role. This role is kind of crazy. So what he did is he wrote that scene into the movie to have me be in the movie, which was an amazing blessing. Like that was outlandishly cool. And being able to work with him and Will Smith, Will Smith is ridiculously nice. He's every bit as cool as everybody thinks he is in real life, right? Acknowledged my mom, said hi to my mom. Mom and I didn't wash our hands after we shook his hand for like three months, you know. <laughs> and we were just we were just so starstruck and man he was it was such an amazing experience creatively to work with them and actually really cool fun fact that not a lot of people know but my mom was in hancock with me you can barely see her but she was in the background as my character's mom in the movie he even had peter uh, peterberg even had her be in the movie too so that was one of those really cool moments in my career just all around
0: yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, that that's crazy, right? Like at a young age, you know, you and your mom are in the same movie as Will Smith. I mean, that must have been surreal for you as well. Like, you know, for sure. I mean, you, you had a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, gigs prior to that as well. But I mean, that moment in particular, I mean, was there any sense of like, man, like, I, I just love doing this? Like, did you just know it could take off from there? I mean, you, when, when you're in a film with Will Smith and, and and that, I mean the opportunities are are uh, through the roof. Absolutely,
1: you know that's one of those things where that was really like a taste of Hollywood. It wasn't just oh here's a guest role or a commercial. That was one of the that was a that was the movie where that was my very first time walking a red carpet. Was going to the premiere for that um, very first movie premiere, and that was one of those situations where it was like wow this is huge (laughs) and there's little me getting all excitable about everything but it wasn't excitement for the glitz and the glam the excitement was for the art of it and being able to work with really 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 cool people that are just very creative and and um acknowledging of my own creativity it was amazing
0: so yeah that's incredible man i mean and, and the rest is history right i mean Right. You had a you had a bunch of other gigs as well. I mean, the the middle is obviously one of them. Um, so so iconic, man, so iconic. So I mean, (laughs) tell us a little bit about that, right? I mean, tell us what that experience was like going into the audition. I mean, what were your first impressions? So it's funny. Um the the audition for the middle
1: actually came about three or four months after I got into the industry, after I worked on the class. And, um, it was a situation where that was probably one of the longest audition processes that I had done up to that point. Uh, it was, it was the initial audition, um, a bunch of callbacks and screen testing. I had to do three different callbacks back to back to back while I was sick. So there's me filling up the trash can in the waiting room of the casting office with Kleenexes going, all right, it's my turn. (sighs) Let's do this, you know, marching in there all sickly. Let' pop some let's pop some Tylenol and get me through this but uh, it was one of those things where when I got it it was so amazingly satisfying and such a unique experience but what a lot of people don't know is that was for the first pilot. there was a pilot that happened that was filmed and made before the pilot that you guys all know and love and it was with a completely different cast except for me. I was the only one to be brought back. It, originally, the mom was Ricky Lake. Uh, the dad was a gentleman named Lex Medlin and a couple other actors, but everyone else was different, right? And uh, we filmed it, and, and it felt good. We were proud of it, but it didn't get picked up. And then, you know, the year and a half later, uh, I get taken to lunch with, by Eileen Heisler and Dan Helene, and they say, hey, we're getting a chance to... Um, bring it back. Do you wanna come back as brick? And it's like, Yeah. (laughs) Why would I say no to that? You know? So it, it ended up being such an amazing experience. And one of the one of the biggest questions that I or excuse me, one of the one of the more frequent questions that I get when I talk to people about the show is like, Hey, what's your favorite episode or season or whatever? And what a lot of people don't know is that I could never pick one because each one was so unique and satisfying to complete. Um, I could never pick one. So by the time my tenure on that show was completed, it's like, whew, we won that race, you know? I got my PhD. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, man, definitely. I mean, t- talk about, like, what the chemistry was like on set, right? Like, that show was on for, for nine, sure. nine seasons, so you guys all must have been pretty tight. Um, absolutely. So talk, yeah, talk absolutely. About
1: that. You know, the chemistry on set, I'll be honest with you, uh, there, there's, There's chemistry where you definitely feel like a family where you're like, man, we're going to stick with each other for the long run. You know, it's going to be like The Office. It's going to be like, you know, all those other shows where they end up continuing to work with each other and you kind of form this group. Um, the best way that I can describe it is we were we were family that kept having family reunions year after year after year, and then once the show ended, we all parted company. <laughs> we we just all went our separate ways. I I haven't talked to any of them since the show ended. Um, the only one I I stay in communication with is actually a production assistant who's kind of like my buddy. He's a stunt man now. Um, but besides that, you know, that's just the way that the cookie crumbled and everybody you know, everybody does think, Hey, you know, you played a family for so long, aren't you guys like a family in real life? And the reality is sometimes that happens, but other times it doesn't. And that's just the way the cookie crumbled for at least for me specifically and everything,
0: you know. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. I mean, was there anyone in particular that you were more tight with on set than than others? I mean,
1: you know really it was actually the crew I was definitely tied with the crew because what it is is I love to learn I'm a huge nerd I love to learn Um, I have a passion for filmmaking as a whole so like that's why I have a production company I want to get into directing and writing and filmmaking right not just being a character in the film and so when I was uh, when I was there, especially in the later years, I made it my mission to learn from the crew, the people who make the project happen. I can talk with writers and I can talk with the actors all I want. That's fine. But I wanted to hear from the people uh, who actually do the physical work, you know, the hammers, the grunts, the, the director of photography, all that stuff. How How is it made? And so I really got a good education from them on what their jobs are. Uh, how they do certain things, what is their preference when working, what makes it easier for them, um, what makes it more creatively fulfilling all the way around, et cetera. And I think that's really important. I think that's important for anyone in the industry to know: is hey, don't don't treat these other people like garbage because they they have to really work hard. They are just as crucial as the actor is, as the writer is, as the director is, right? So I really enjoy being able to communicate with them and get to know them and what their role is and, and how each role kind of makes the machine run,
0: you know. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, was there? Did you guys ever like hang out? Offset, right? Like with the cast, uh, you know. I mean, or, or was it pretty? You know, strictly business. You know, or I mean, if, I mean, was there any any times where you guys hung out? Maybe went out to eat. You know, there
1: were, there were a few times where we were, um, it it was mostly strictly business. I remember that, uh, Patricia Heaton, there was this one year where she wanted to have like everyone come together at her house and, um... She, she. I ended up hanging out with Patty, I think, more than any of them. I never went and hung out with anyone else, but Patty would invite me and, and invite the cast over to her house a lot for different events, which was kind of an interesting experience because when I would go to her house, I'm like, oh, this is what a $3 million house is like. Okay, so it's, this is a lot to clean. <laughs> I'll take my little hob at home, you know, in the country, and it reminded me of why I don't want to live in the city. But it was one of those things too, where it, it, it did expose me to a lot of uh, different really cool things. That it, it, my time in the industry, there's a lot of my time in the industry where it's like, oh, I love that, I want to pursue that more. And then there's other parts of the industry where it's like, oh, that's a cool story, but I'm definitely not doing that again.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I feel that, bro. I feel that. That's crazy. So, so you would you would go to Patty's house like a, a decent amount, like you know, just hang out with her. Like, what, what was some of the um, you know, would you guys just talk about the show and how you would improve? Like, what were those? Pretty much, like? pretty much. Like,
1: there was this one time where she she had an event where like all the cast and the writers she invited over to her house as like an end of summer shindig. That was kind of interesting and awkward. uh But there was the the, the biggest one that I thought was really cool was I like I like world history. I'm a big history nerd. Um, and uh, I, I really enjoy history of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth. I just find it fascinating how that structure works. And uh, she knew that and she invited me over for an event called Brit Week which was where it was like celebrating Britain but you're in America I guess and yeah. so she invited all of her English friends over and everything like that. She had a professional bagpiper there. That was pretty cool. I got to eat some really good shepherd's pie and just chill and and talk with a bunch of Brits. It was really fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, no that's that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I mean it yeah. sounds like you guys all got along, right? I mean, do you ever talk with Sue too? Like where Sue actually like how your 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 sister oh. <laughs>
1: Listen, I am I, I. must be pretending really well right now. Like, man, I'm a dope actor. Someone get me an Oscar if that's what you
0: think. <laughs> yeah, no, no, so. I get that, man. I get that. Yeah, you know, I was just curious, you know, what, what the what the relationship was like with the rest of the crew. Um, it's yeah, yeah. But you said you haven't stayed, you haven't talked to them in a while, really. Uh,
1: I no, haven't, I haven't talked with them in a while. I, uh, I, I te- Patty texted me. She reached out to me, I think, a couple months ago. And I was kind of like, where have you been? Like, COVID's a thing. I'm just still, Mom and I are holed up in the house, up in the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs>
0: hey, man, it's, it's that time. Everyone's just kind of chilling, you know? But um, Exactly. So, no, absolutely. So, I mean, do you ever, like, go out in public and people are like, yo, like, you're great from the middle like like what what are some of the reactions like you know you know i get a i
1: i do i get a i get a broad range of reactions i'll get reactions where it's anything from hey man love your work you're awesome oh hey thanks to people who start to scream and freak out and kind of go haywire it's actually a lot of fun i end up having to find ways of having fun too um, things have died down a lot as far as reaction, because when I go out now, I'm wearing a mask, I'm wearing my hat, you know, people can't really see me. If I get recognized, it's because it's someone who's really astute and they recognize my voice and they'll tell me. Uh, but prior to all the COVID nonsense, you know, it was, a it was a decent amount. I mean, the, the real, what I love about the show is that it was a show that people could be endeared to, right? And it was a show where you end up feeling like you're part of the family and I remember that one of the challenges that I had when the show was ending is I would continuously have people coming up to me literally weeping saying how much they dread the ending of the show they don't want it to end they're so sad whatever and they were treating me like I was dying I got a lot of rest in pieces on social media and I had to be like guys I'm still here Atticus is still going to do stuff, you know. I'm not going to be dead. Yeah. But uh, but, it, but the reactions are funny. Actually, I, I have a really funny story, though, because there'll be times where people are spot on. I get people who will do anything from, hello, Mr. Schaefer, I'm a huge fan of your work, to, like, you said, Brick, what's up, man? How are you? And they get all jazzed. But there was this one time I was at a goodwill with my mom, and these two, um, you know, women came up to me, and they were saying, like, "Are are you are you an actor? I was like, yes, I am an actor from that show. And they're like, and I was like, yes, yes. And they were like, oh my gosh, so you're from Full House? (laughs) And I looked at them, and and without missing a beat, I was like, thank you, God, I can have some fun. And I looked at them with a straightest face, like muster, and I go, you got me. I'm the Olsen twins. (laughs) And they were like, can we get a picture with you? I was like, sure thing. And then they were like, "Oh, we can't wait to tell our kids." And I was like, "I can't wait for you to tell your kids too." Oh That's God. so nice. I had to, you know, you have to, you have to mess around. You have to no, have you, some fun.
0: <laughs> you got to do it, man. You got to do it, right? I yeah. Mean, just going off to what what you just said. Like, do you enjoy like those kind of reactions usually? Like, or because, like, like you just said, like you're still young, right? So when people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, rest in peace," like the middle, all that, you're kind of right. like dude, like, I'm, I'm still in my, like, 20s, not even, like, I got more to go, like, what, what's your reaction to that, right, I mean, it's like, come on, you know, it's one of those things where you're, you're either built
1: for it, or you're not, right, and, um, I think that it's important for people to understand that patience is such a virtue when it comes to, um, interacting with people of any kind I mean that's for any job if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's or you're you know a health a hotel clerk or whatever the job may be if you're working with people have some patience and for me I think that uh, with my mom especially we have a better ability to really understand people I think I think that we have a better ability to be like man this person just loves my work that much what a blessing like I'm a part of a job that they love the work that much that they're weeping that they're not gonna be able to see me in that. And for me that's not a that's not about oh look at me. It's about wow, I got really blessed with an awesome role. I got really blessed with uh with uh with uh work you know that i can be passionate about so i thought it was really cool i i i really am blessed by it and for me you know there's those other times where there's some really freaky stuff that happens i've definitely i've definitely uh sung the i wish i had a taser song with certain situations but those are very limited bad situations that do not offset the thousands of good that i've experienced
0: no absolutely man absolutely i mean you mentioned uh I mean, just going off of that, like you know, at a young age, you're exposed to all this, like fame, like you're an, like you're an icon, and, and from all this different work. Um, but you were in like Jimmy Kimmel Live and like The View, yes. and like some of these crazy shows, right? Like what were the sure. reactions from like your family and friends from back home? Like, I mean, I mean, was it hard to balance those those two uh, those two lifestyles? Yeah. Absolutely, you know that's that's actually a really good question because not a lot of people
1: think that deeply. They don't think about what is home life in regards to uh, being in the in this industry right um, The very unfortunate thing is a lot of my quote unquote family I am not close with uh, really right now it's just me and my mom. And the reason for that is like when I was little, I mean, even when I was little, when I was born, when I was little, I was, I was the odd kid. I was definitely the black sheep of the family. So was my mom even. And so what ended up happening, and this is what a lot of people don't realize, is that when you get into the industry and you get any form of notoriety whatsoever, uh, you get people that come out of the woodwork. And they can, they can be kind of, you know, buttholes, for lack of a better term. Um, I remember that I had this one, like, I would have cousins and uncles and all this stuff come out of the woodwork and be like, hey, I'm your cousin so-and-so from this part of the family, and whatever. And I'd, I'd be like... um i i didn't even know you existed prior to today i of one of the one of my favorite stories that i always like to tell is on the schaefer side of the family uh one of the one of my dad's brothers um, married a japanese woman and so my cousins have that asian influence to them and there was this one time where there was this family get together that somehow my mom and i got roped into and this cousin was there and he starts coming up to me and he starts hounding me like hey You know, uh, do you have an Xbox? Yeah, I have an Xbox. Let me borrow your Xbox. Hey, give me some money. Hey, do this and do that. And I literally sat there and I was like, bro, before today, I didn't even know you existed. And quite frankly, I'm still trying to figure out how we match.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
1: So it's one of those things where you have to, like like my mom and I, we've learned, and, and, and it is the unfortunate truth. That family was not in my life prior to the show. They're still not in my life now, and I think that one of the one of the benefits. I'm I'm am a very traditional dude. I'm very old school, very traditional, uh, very you know, uh, that's just how I am. But there are certain aspects about society today that I think are very important that people need to know in order for safety. And one of the terms that I do agree with is family that you choose. Right? It's it, it blood does not always equate to being thicker than water, right? So just because my DNA might be the same as your DNA, that doesn't mean that we're family if you haven't had my back if you're trying to use me or whatever it might be you gotta cut that off you have to keep yourself safe and for me I'm blessed because I did have a parent who was a solid parent who kept my head on straight who kept me down to earth and that was my mom on top of that I have really good friends from prior to the show that have remained true friends for me all up through this point I've made new friends that actually take the time to get to know me for me and not just a character and those are the people that i can definitely say you know what
0: they've had my back that's my family you know what i'm saying absolutely i mean so i mean just going off of that uh you know it, it's definitely probably it was probably overwhelming right like at a young age mm-hmm. people are constantly asking you for stuff like that stuff right uh, and you're like, absolutely like you said like you're like i don't even know i didn't even know you existed uh, right <laughs> right like stuff like that. So, it, how do you i mean how do you like how do I say this? How do you um? How do you like balance that? Like go go about that in terms right. of like, you know, like your friends, right? Like differentiating, like like did you go to like were you balancing academics while filming? You know the middle? absolutely. Like, like, in logistics of, like, the lifestyle, like, how do you really, like, you know, you, you said how the people who really loved you, like, you know, sort of kept you down, uh, and, you know, we're, yeah. we're still chilling with you. I mean, talk about that in terms of, like, actual daily lifestyle of school, and, and but you For also sure. have, like, people who recognize you in public as, like, Rick from the middle, but you're like, all right, great, right, so sure. talk about that. You know, it's one of those things where uh, very good point. Yes,
1: I was doing um, academics when I was on set. Right. So, I mean, I had it where I was contending with doing algebra and biology and geography. And trying to remember my lines and do the work. And that was what my work days were like, right? So I had no downtime until I graduated high school at 18, which was the last season of the show. And when that happened, that's when they started working me 14, 15, 16-hour days. That's where I learned what a Friday was, and I got turned on to coffee. (laughs) So that was one of those things where, man, you know, um, you do. You have to do a lot of balancing. I'll be honest with you. I'm still recovering from that. You know, when you spend your childhood growing up the way that I did, there's a lot of stuff that you've got to contend with. I mean, I mean, even for you, go back in time. Think of how puberty was. Think of how growing up was. Finding yourself. Growing into uh, the man that you want to be, right? And that goes for anybody who's watching this, man or woman. You're growing and you're maturing and now you're working with 250 people and you're young and impressionable. Man, I commend my mom for the strength that she had and the patience that she had with me as I grew up in that lifestyle. I was never drawn to quote unquote, bad things, but I was, I would still get the effect of other people who would give their opinion, but then they would give their opinion like it was law, right? And so that was one of the things where I had to contend with, but man, I'm a huge Christ follower. I'm a Christian and I actually found my faith in the industry, which is shocking For, you know, a lot of different people, if you if you think about it. But man, when I when I found my faith, um, when I found Jesus, and I I gave my life to Christ, that changed everything. And that definitely gave me a ton of strength, a ton of, of courage and and my mom's strength in herself of not being a stage parent, not going, oh, you, got to, uh, you need to be a certain way or hold on, let's get you written in more or whatever it may be. No, she stayed firm in the faith with me and she was saying, listen, stand your ground for him, stand your ground for yourself and don't succumb to the garbage. Just stay focused on the good of your creativity, of the acting and whatever it may be. and And that's what matters. That's what's gonna carry you through. And as far as academics go, you know, I, I, I have not had the desire to go to college. That's not something that appeals to me because I already know from life experience the things that I need to know to do what I want to do with the production company and everything like that that doesn't mean that I'm not going to strive to learn more and grow. I believe that we're all lifelong learners and that we can be students perpetually. Right. And so I definitely think that, um, that's kind of the advantage of my position now is, is that I've learned a lot. I, I made it my mission to learn a lot, even while I was working. And that's carrying me through now as I transition.
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely, man. So I talk, talk about those challenges you learned on set you know growing up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know how. That, I mean, you just said it. Like, who needs college when you have those experiences, right? Like you were in, in right. real life. I mean, you were exposed to this fame at a young age. Uh, did those let ha- tell us how those lessons you learned molded into uh, you know, or inf- helped you influence into starting your own production company? Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure.
1: You know, you know, it's uh, it's actually really amazing. I got the privilege of being able one of the things that occurred
0: is um there was this big there was this big debate on how long that they wanted the show to run
1: and that started back in season eight um the the, the thing that i always talk to people about is that i never saw the show as the be all and end all and now i'm done um i never banked on it like i know ne- i i knew from the show I would never be a Justin Bieber where I'm retiring at 19 you know what I mean I knew I was going to have to work uh both out of desire and out of need for a, a long time like normal people and so back in season six there was an issue that came up and um it was where Charlie was almost no longer a part of the show the gentleman who played Axel this is back in season 6 and it was a situation where the show at that point almost ended and everybody was freaking out because they were like oh how are we going to keep it going what are we going to do blah 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 and Eileen Heisler was freaking out and you know just going on a tirade on set about the whole thing and it was a situation where it's like cool that's their issue what does this mean for me How am I going to move forward? What do I want to transition to? I kept trying to have talks with my agent, my manager at the time, and all that stuff, right? And it was hard. But it taught me, and it was something that I had already known, that with the way that the industry works, like this, a show can end. Like this, you can no longer be in the industry. And that could be for a variety of different reasons, right? And so from that point on, I knew, okay, I want to get serious. What do I want to do? What do I want to do? How do I want to transition out of this job into whatever's next? How do I want to go about doing that? And that's where I st- I really pushed the education thing. I really pushed the, let me talk to the crew. Let me talk to these other people, learn about production, etc. Because I knew I wanted to transition into making my own stuff because I have a, I have a lot of joy in that. And it was a situation where um, in, in between season eight and season nine, there was this big debacle of oh how do we cut costs so we can get the studio to give us another season and all this other stuff and one of the things that my lawyer who's a very good friend of mine he helped me to achieve is he said you know warner brothers has a director's workshop let's get you in on that you love to learn let's get you in on that so the summer between season eight and season nine of the middle Um, I I had the privilege of being able to be involved in the Warner Brothers Directors Workshop. I got to learn straight from one of the greatest uh, TV directors of our time. It's a woman named Bethany Rooney. And she's written books about directing, about the director's process, etc. And I was able to read it as part of the class. And I got to do everything from break down a script to do shot lists, work with directors of photography, and even at the end, work with actors and, and, and create a scene. And it was one of the most pleasurable experiences that I've had. And I had Miss Rooney give me essentially a letter of recommendation. And she told me, you were born to be a director. If you have any doubt in your mind of what you're supposed to do, this is what you're supposed to do. And it was the most amazing moment of creative validation I've had probably my whole career. And so that really set me off on, okay, This is what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it, but Lord, I'm trusting you. And I created my production company at the end of that summer. And I was like, this is what I'm going to transition to post the show. And from that point on, you know, I had some ups and downs, you know, personal stuff that I had to contend with post the show. But now that I'm able to be on Twitch and YouTube and really start to get going with the production company,
0: man, it's just, ah, it's such creative fire. Seriously, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I was watching one of your streams right before I came on here, man. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so so, <laughs> so so you've been you've been uh, working like right after the show, or even during, you were right on the grind for for starting your production company, like just yes. like that. It was just like, yeah. T- talk about that transition in terms of like like were you still getting interest in terms of you know doing other. Uh, acting gigs and, and that, or were you just really solely invested in growing the brand of your production company? Uh, after? You know. It, it, it's it's kind of funny that
1: you mentioned that because it was one of those things where I wanted to see where acting would take me first because I, I kind of, you know, there's different points in time where you get a little, how do I say it? Like self deprecating where you're kind of like, Oh, I'm not too sure. I'm not quite sure where to start, whatever, but there were, there were several opportunities that came along where um, <clears throat> I was trying to get involved in a producing side of it as well as an acting side met with a lot of different people and I've read quite a few scripts for TV shows, movies, whatever in the two going on three years since the show ended and it was one of those things where um, it just didn't quite work out. Different things would happen where, it, you know, it wasn't quite right for me. It wasn't quite right as far as the project's concerned, etc. And so it was one of those things where it was like, you know what, you know, this, this isn't really right. But then I would get a couple other little acting projects. I was on Never Have I Ever for Netflix. I just got a new job for uh, Disney being a cartoon character for a recurring role, which is a lot of fun. But again, you know, I was, I was dealing with this stuff. And and nothing was really coming down the pipe that worked. And I remember joking with my mom. I was like, mom, at this rate, I'm gonna have to get a job at GameStop, you know, doing something just to kind of make ends meet until something happens. And then all of a sudden, I, I really took a cold, hard look at the production company and I go, well, hold on where's, where's the industry going? What entertainment can I get into where I can still be my own boss, tell the stories that I want to tell, but then, but, but have it be realistic, have it be achievable. So instead of thinking super big, I I kind of reined in and got realistic. And then that's when Twitch and YouTube came along and I go, you know what? Video production is amazing. I'm a decent editor, I can edit my own stuff, and I should just go in with this, and let's make this happen. And I did, and I started with YouTube, I started doing some video game playthroughs on YouTube with 60 Seconds and uh, Unturned and Call of Duty Modern Warfare, started building up a following with that, and then all of a sudden I I start taking a good hard look at Twitch, and I go wait a minute, Twitch seems like it's a, a, a better way of starting to become more lucrative, faster, but then also I get to interact with people, which I love to do anyway, so I transitioned over into that now, and it's just been
0: slowly growing ever since. No, definitely, man. That's that's a gr- that's an awesome story. So, I mean, I, I mean, what's some of the reactions you get in, in terms of you know starting Twitch and the YouTube channel? Like, I, I like I said, I was watching the stream before I came on uh, this IG live, and you know I saw like everyone's like, "Yo, like Atticus this is awesome." Like, you're getting a ton of support. You're getting. Me getting a couple hundred views on, on Twitch is actually really difficult. Like I try to get a Twitch and I have like zero views. Like it's so hard. <laughs> like literally zero, sure. bro. Like if I got like one view, I'm like like hands in the air, like I'm hyped. So I mean right. talk talk about that slow grind of of, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint of, of trying to grow Grow your production company uh, when you know most people are like, oh, like you know Atticus the actor, but you're like, no, man, I got I got this production company too. Like, like talk about that production, sure. trying to grow that.
1: Well, I gotta, I have to genuinely say that it was definitely not something that was handed to me. Although I I knew and I did a lot of thinking on how to be strategic and grow in a fun way, right? And so it was one of those things where. When I when I first started I had like 25 followers right off the bat and I kind of just stood there. My streams would consist of like nine people, but they were awesome people. And from the get-go there was just immense love and support from the viewers. And I have grown and the community has grown now to where we're over 1400 followers strong which for most people, I mean, that's not a lot when you compare it to PewDiePie, but like you said, it it is difficult and it's a grind to get to that point. And I'm thankful for each and every one of them. I have so many cool people that I'm able to interact with and all over the world. And I can interact with them live, hang out with them live, and be able to just just really have fun. And I knew from the get-go, I wanted it to feel like just you're hanging out with brother Atticus. Atticus is your bigger little brother come hang out with me and let's just have some fun we'll slice some zombies and talk about Jesus right and that's what it grew into and that's what the feedback has been is it's been a bunch of amazing people we're all like minded uh, we're all unique though we have fun together we're like this big family and we just get to be with each other three times sometimes four times a week now and just hang out and and I, I love when people feel like they can share I love that people feel safe so if they want to share their troubles or share their joys they can and we all come around that person in a very positive uplifting way so man I mean the reality is, is it was a lot of hard work uh, a lot of me and my mom kind of deliberating on what something new I can try, what's something fun and creative we can do, how do I get the better equipment, what qu- equipment will we'll actually improve versus just kind of being needless, like balancing that. And so it ended up being really uh, really just a journey that I'm still on, and I'm excited to see how it continues, you know.
0: No, definitely. I mean, we we talk with a lot of, uh you no know, uh, athletes or actors that that go into you know their entrepreneurial route as well. So, sure. if you had to choose, this is going to be tough. If you had to pick your career in terms of growing a production company, or uh, you know maybe your role in the middle, if you had to pick one or the other, one has to go. Which one would you pick?
1: See, that's hard, because I really know that from the middle, it helped me with the production of the company. Like, I acknowledge the blessing of that, right? But... If if I were to say, okay, moving forward, it's one or the other, I would definitely pick production company. Because production company, I could choose to put myself in a project or not if I felt like I wanted to act and be creative in that regard. But then I can still tell my stories and explore other people's talent and be able to work with other amazing
0: artists as well. Right. So I mean, yeah. Talk talk about that. Like, what what's what's your goal for the future with your production company in terms of maybe partnerships? Right, you just said like maybe working with some other actors. That uh, absolutely talk, talk about that. What, what's the game plan? You know, the game plan. We're having to be a little bit liquid because
1: of COVID, right? Um, unfortunately, in the post-COVID world, we have a lot of. There have been a lot of changes in the industry, in the union, in the industry, whatever. You would be amazed at the cost now that it takes to make a project because you have to pass all these different fees. You have to meet COVID. Uh, restrictions and guidelines and all this other stuff. And so being able to create a project now in this industry is incredibly hard. But if you transition to online, that changes, right? And that's where the advantage of my production company kind of comes in. Where we're at right now is I'm still wanting to continue to do In the immediate future, uh, short films, continue with the streaming on Twitch, the gameplay, uh, the the just chatting, kind of make it a podcast, and making the short films. And actually, we're going to get into animation because I was trying to sit back and go, what's a way that I can do things where I can make projects happen that can be a little bit more dynamic, but achieve it realistically? And I actually went back to a hobby of mine in my childhood. In my childhood, I used to make stop-motion animation with my Legos and tell stories. I never really published them publicly on YouTube. It was just kind of me messing around and and doing something creative and artistic, right? Well, now I'm sitting back and I'm realizing, you know, that is its own unique realm of entertainment, animation, stop-motion animation. So I'm actually getting into that now, and I'm wanting to make some shorts for my YouTube channel and see where that takes me. So I'm getting into that. We're going to get into animation. Uh, what I would even love is to be able to get actors involved and being able to, um, you know, record their sound bites and sound pieces. And now I'm broadening my horizons, but still keeping it in that safe way where everyone stays safe and healthy, you know. And then from that, I mean, I I could tell you the world. I I would be interested in writing a book. I'd be interested in uh, being able to direct more for studios for other uh, companies, being able to produce and film make, and and I have a lot of projects of my own that I'd love to see happen so man we just got to kind of see how things shake out in the country and in the world and after that it's a matter of just what what can I what can I get dedicated to and grind out
0: yeah no definitely I mean I guess one of the uh another one of the lasting questions I had I mean popped up here is someone was curious if you would be interested in recreating like a middle 2.0 uh, if you were to create a middle 2.0 through your production company, like would that be an option? Like if if you were able to get like a Sue heck and, and uh, uh, you know the rest of the cast in like Mr. Mister uh, Frankie, like if you were able to do that and have them play, like what would your reaction be to that? Listen, the the thing with that, and that's an excellent
1: question, but the thing with that is that uh, I do not own the rights to the middle. And that's one of the things that people need to understand is if you don't own the rights to it, you can't do anything with it. That's like Disney with Lion King, Lion Guard, right? I can't go as much as I love the Lion Guard. I can't go and hire up the Lion Guard cast and go, hey, we're going to do a new version because that belongs to Disney. Same thing with the middle. It belongs to ABC and Warner Brothers. And that is their prerogative on if they want to make a spin off a sequel series or whatever. If they called me up and they said, hey, we're doing a revamp, I would strongly consider it. But I'm at a point now where it would need to be interesting for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to go on set, be treated like the kid again, and then have no other opportunity to grow because that defeats the purpose of what I want to do. I want to grow, do interesting new things creatively, right? Now, if they brought me on set and they're like, hey, we want you to come back as Brick, but we're going to let you direct one episode a season, I would definitely sign up for that. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Because that's now that's now me growing in other ways. It's me growing the production company. It's me growing in my skill sets. That would be cool. So, you know, that's one of those things where I couldn't give an answer until it started to shake out the way that it was going to shake out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and you probably had that mindset, right? In terms of, like, you mentioned season six, like, going back, like, you know, the, the Charlie who played Axel, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was thinking about, you know, leaving i mean you talked a little bit about that like you already had that mindset of thinking ahead trying to create a production yes. companies, thinking long term was did you really feel like season six like that may have been it like at that absolutely. absolutely you know again for whatever
1: reason patty and i just we we ended up talking more than the other cast members did i think it was just because i i I found I could have a little bit more interesting of a conversation with her, and I like to pick her brain on what she's experienced before, right? And her mindset was, is she? Is she started to make it where the studio, uh, like Warner Brothers and ABC, were the bad guys because of that particular situation. And I won't go into the detail with that, but that was kind of an unfair thing to do. However, when I was talking with her, I mean, she she gave it the the. She told me this is a very much a poop hits the fan situation. This could be bad right? And it was one of those things where I sat back and I go, you know what? If even Patty is thinking that, yeah, this is probably bad. I might not be coming back. And so I had to then strategically position myself in my mind of, like I talked about with you, the planning, what do I do next? And how can we move forward? and, And what do we do from there? Thankfully, it worked out where we got three more years. That's awesome. I think we could have gotten more, to be honest. But They didn't want to do it anymore. The writers didn't want to do the show anymore. So that was it. And I I got outvoted there. But it was, you know, it was it was definitely a, a real situation. I think, too, that in any business standpoint, you can never live in blind optimism. Right. Any business, even if you're the manager at, you know, 76 gas station, always take it where, okay, this is a situation that could happen. How would we handle it? Let's make a plan. Let's be safe. Think about it, whatever. And so it's just, that's kind of the reality of when you're, when you're running your own business, even if it's just yourself, that's the reality
0: of that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, just going back to what you said, and, and I know you're probably on a time crunch here, so I don't want to keep it too much longer. It's all, but I, yeah. I'm curious, uh, you know, at, when you when you were thinking long term of the production company and that transition of season six, you know, what was the feeling of the cast members in particular? I mean, were there, you know, was there a mix of okay, I'm kind of ready for to move on from the middle. We did six great seasons, great, or was mm-hmm. it you said like, holy shit, you know, this mm-hmm. this might be the end of it, but. You know, we like, was it like more of a nostalgic feeling like, man, look at all these good times we had, man, we're, we're like one big family kind of, you know, because, you know, yeah. it must have been pretty tight on set, right? So, so what, yeah, yeah, can yeah. T- tell us a little bit about that, that transition phase. For sure.
1: You know, it was one of those things where I'll be honest with you. It was definitely where we spread out and we divided up into our camps. Uh, there was definitely not a position of us coming together uh, in that specific situation. That was a situation where we were just kind of, separating ourselves out and everybody did their own plan strategically patty always had stuff in the works uh you know at that i think at that particular point in time she was doing her food network show so i for her i don't think she would have had a problem transitioning i'll be honest with you neil is like his character where he just never emotes he never expresses anything except sarcasm. so he kind of went off and he just did his own thing i never knew what he was thinking Uh, Charlie was going to leave because of other projects. And then what Eden was thinking, I have no idea. But it was one of those things where we all just kind of broke up into our different camps. And each one of us with our own independent teams handled the situation moving forward. It just so happened that we were all able to make it work out in the end and so for me you know there there was there i i I couldn't tell you what everyone was thinking i wasn't that close with them to be able to do that because again i'm the kid who was off studying or off doing his own thing in between set scenes and takes they were all adults and they could hodgepodge on set and talk and do whatever um so it, it was it kind of it just it was the way that it was and how, how it handled is how it handled. I'm thankful that it handled – it really went about the way that it did because otherwise, you know, there would have been way worse situations and it would have been terrible for the fans too because um, it would have been a situation where we, we, we all would not have gotten three more years of the fun and the,
0: the telling the family storylines together. So – I mean, were those – those last three seasons, were those kind of weird then? I mean, you know, you talked a little bit no. about how you got separated a little bit. Like, You know, it wasn't, because
1: that that's just kind of how we were. Um, we would come together when there were the times to come together, and then we just kind of stayed separated for the most part when it comes to business and strategy. I mean, that's just kind of the the law of the industry, you know. Um, but the last three seasons, man, uh, there was a lot of fun. Um you know, it, 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 everything in season six kind of blew over. Uh, I'm I only remember it just because I seem to remember most things, <laughs> and others don't. <laughs> so, you know, that's just me speaking from a truth standpoint, from a from a being real standpoint. And then um, with the last three seasons, man, it was just the way it was. The, the only weird season, I have to tell you, the, the weirdest season was the last one. Because that was a situation where I was not told it was going to be the last season until literally the day that we were going to go do a, a publicity event where I got a text where they're like, hey, so we might get questions about why this is the last season of the show. And I was literally like, it is? <laughs> On my phone? you broke up with me via text <laughs> but uh yeah. but uh, it was it, it ended up it ended up being good um it was a very long emotional band-aid rip off the last season and we kind of just dissipated on on decent terms which i was thankful for and they, they 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 let me have the last line of the show that was pretty cool
0: too no, that that's great man that's awesome i mean so, so i mean it was just like that like you know, you guys, did you guys ever talk about, like, reminisce on, like, favorite moments together on set? Like, do you have a specific favorite moment that comes to mind? Like, you just said, like, all of a sudden, yeah. you a text, like, damn, like, what's going on in your head? Like, are you thinking about all those good moments you guys had? Like, I mean, take us through that moment.
1: I was actually thinking more like, we're almost near the end of this race. Wow, didn't think this day would come. <laughs> Especially after the after the after the last 3 seasons and everything that went went on in season 6. But it was one of those things I I actually have to say favorite moment of the of the whole show. I have a lot of favorite moments. I have a lot of different things I enjoyed doing that unfortunately they cut out of the show, which is disappointing. But my favorite moment was we saved the very last scene of the show where we were in a green screen with the car ride at the end of on the very last episode we saved that moment which was literally a one-eighth of a page scene on paper and we saved it for the very last shot of the very last day of filming and we had actually gotten ahead, we were doing really well on the on the episode. We got ahead, it was only like noon and we were doing we were it was it was post lunch. It was like one thirty or two and which is unheard of for us that we were doing the last shot of the day of the year of the of the series. And it was one of those situations where they set it up where it was the wide shot here and then the close on pattern. And they had it all set up and there was this really long pause and then Lee, the director, came up to us and she, and she, we opened up the car door and she addressed all of us and she said, okay the emotion for this scene we're going to get it in one shot we have this is the wide, this is the close on you Patty I want you all to just think back on everything that we have been through the past nine years and whatever comes through is what comes through And so we, she shut the door and we were like, (laughs) here we go. She called out rolling sound speed, take action. And then it was 45 seconds. It was 45 seconds of us just sitting there emoting. And then it was cut. And that was the one time where the whole crew applauded on set. She said, "Cut, check it," and then everybody applauded, and we all got out of the car, started shaking hands, and kind of had like a little bit of a of a little a little bit of a celebration. Uh, we always did the five dollar Friday bucket raffle. And we did that, and, and then after that, it was one of those things where I actually I didn't go to the rap party. I kept telling everybody I was going to go to the rap party. Uh, I didn't want to. Um, my mom and I didn't want to. We wanted it to be where when we left the set, it was us leaving the project. That was just my poetic thing. So I kept telling everyone I was going to, you know, I was going to sing at the rap party and whatever. But there were there were a handful of people where I kind of, at our little celebration there, I took off to the side, shook their hand. I was like, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. So thank you for all the years of awesome work, et cetera.
0: And then I it so... That's awesome, man. That's, I mean, going yeah. it, and you were ju- you were just ready to move on. Is that why you were kind of like, cause it, you know, I was. that point of like, uh, if I go to a rap party, I'm still going to have it in my head. Like what made you just say, you know what? Like I, I just, I just got to move on from this. For me, you know, I,
1: I had in the entirety of the show, I went to three parties with the crew. Uh, I, I went to the season six rap party, ironically, because I thought that was going to be the end. And then, um, and then I went to the 100th and the 200th parties. And the thing about those parties is everybody gets really gussied up. And there's a little bit of putting on airs because you're you're partying, you know. And when I saw everybody, I saw them in their work realm. I saw them as them as people, but I saw them as them in their jobs as well. And that's how I grew up with them. That's how I knew them. And so it was actually really nice because we all... All of the all of the cast members were able to say words um, with a microphone there on set, and I had that moment of just kind of thanking everybody and not telling them I wasn't going to show up. But I had my moment of thanking everybody, um, and when I did, it was like that's all I needed. Yeah, that that was me saying thank you. That's all and so. I was, able to, I was able to walk away, and it was actually kind of nice, too, because I spent the whole year doing the emotional Band-Aid ripoff, where I could say my goodbyes to the set, to the people, whatever, the way I wanted to, and I could leave with knowing I left them
0: there in this realm that I knew them as, and now I'm ready to move on. That, that's an awesome story, man. That's that's incredible. I, I don't, so you know, it's crazy. I'm actually like at the one minute mark because we've been on IG live so long, but I have so many more questions. But um, you know, I really appreciate you you saying uh, and, and telling us your story, man. I mean, it's crazy from uh, from being in the entertainment industry uh, and then you know going into the entrepreneurial route, starting your own production company. Like, I'm getting comments right now, like, how were you able to balance school? Acting, yeah. in the midst of starting a production company, all these different things. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm 22. I believe you're 22 as well, right now. Like, I can't yes. imagine. Yes. Man, that's overwhelming. You know, so uh, keep sure. it, man. If there's any way we can help, uh, just reach out whenever. And uh, yeah, keep killing it. Thanks so much, Atticus. Hey, thank you, bro, and thank you, guys, to the viewers. You guys are awesome. God bless you guys. All right, check out his check out his Twitch. Check out Atticus' vlogs. I mean, it's killing it, man. It's going up. So keep killing it. So. <laughs> Peace, bro. Thank you. All right, have a good one. You too.